Welcome back, welcome back. My name is Given Illustrative and I am joined by Anka and Eldred, both of whom work in the space of addiction with young people, um, not just within South Africa, but they actually work around the world uh, with many important people inviting them to come and address this very, very serious issue. Now, I cannot state how big of an issue this is in South Africa. I think sometimes um, it's because we always think of South Africa as a place with very bad internet that is also very expensive. So we tend to assume that this problem should only be occurring in those countries that have affordable internet, which if I am honest, I was naive enough to believe exactly this. Uh, but both Anka and Eldred are going to shed some light for us and also not just help us as young people understand how we can regain power. I know that, Eldred, one thing you love to emphasize on is the issue of identity, which I'm really looking forward to hear, hearing you getting more into depth with that um, and how it can help. Uh, but also going to be addressing um, you as the parent. Um, how can you learn and study this world that young people are living in? Um, and this is basically a discussion around digital addiction in general. Uh, um, but we will be zooming into some uh, few things. So, Anka, how are you doing? Even good day and good day to all the listeners. I'm doing well, thank you. And thank you so much for this opportunity to share myself and Aldred, our heart and our passion and our calling. And I really look forward to have this conversation with you. Awesome, awesome. So am I. Um, so I'm just going to give you uh, a f just a few minutes to introduce um, the work that you do. Um, what exactly is your profession? Um, thank you, Given. So by the grace of God, I had the opportunity to study. So yes, I love to study. I've done my PhD in theology, specifically focusing on internet addiction disorder and started my studies first in 2009 and continued my studies until now doing a second degree now in 2023. And the main reason for that is because technology has advanced so much that in 2009 and doing my degree, getting my degree in 2012, everything regarding digital addiction was just a hypothesis. Mm. So the psychology, the science, the medicine, everybody saw that something is happening and they could see the changes in children, could see the suicidal tendencies and the depression and the aggression, but no one could really prove for a fact that, that screens and screen time and gaming and excessive gaming can have such an adverse effect on, on everybody, not just teenagers. Mm. And then now in, in the 2021, 22, 23, um, everything with regards to digital addiction is proven. We can see literally on a brain scan what is pornography and social media and gaming doing on the brain with the psychology. We can see now what they are doing on a psychological level, how it's influencing their character, their behavior, their identity. And then obviously what I love most is we could see on a 
spiritual level what it is doing to the spirit world and to their belief and to their religion. So yes, I like to study a lot. I like to read a lot. And then mainly I also work in schools doing one-on-one counseling with children with regards to pornography addiction, with screen time addiction, suicidal tendencies, cutting, self-harming that is originated out of excessive screen time. And myself and Aldred, like you've mentioned, we also travel a lot where we speak to parents, we speak in schools, in churches, youth meetings. So yes, we basically have dedicated our life to this calling. Mm, and we're very, very grateful for the work that you guys do. I think it's it's so important. I think even for a country that's not as digitally addicted as South Africa is, I think the work that you guys do is still important for those countries uh, because it's always better to prevent the problem before it even gets bad. Now, Eldred, you have a very, very inspiring and encouraging testimony uh, with your background in gaming. Can you share a bit uh, about that? Because I feel like a lot of young people right now are at the place where you were uh, a while ago, or for even those who aren't even at a place where they'd consider themselves addicted. Can you share some of the, the dangers that you understand about that world of gaming? Yes, good afternoon, listeners. Um, like even mentioned, um, I was actually addicted to games for about 20 years. Um, it started when I was about 16 years old. You obviously start thinking that it's going to be a, um, a hobby, you know, and you start off with a hobby, obviously, an innocent hobby, if I can call it that. And obviously, as it progresses, it gets worse and worse. And then it, it, under, it, it went an evolution, basically, that I can say into a full on addiction. So from my side, you know, I've, I've gone through 20 years of addiction. So I really understand the mechanics. I understand the spiritual side of it. Um, like Anka was mentioning, obviously many years ago when gaming was still in the infant, infancy stage, you know, we knew it was a problem, obviously with, mm-hmm. with games, but we never had the scientific backing to understand what was happening. And similarly to me at that point in time, I knew there was something wrong. Um, I knew there was an addiction, but I didn't really understand how it, how it worked. And I think that's the main problem with any kind of addiction is, you know, especially with myself. Um, I'm a very analytical person. So I was one of those little boys that used to get like a radio control car and the next day it will be, you know, completely taken apart because I wanted to know how is this car, you know, um, yeah. going around the room. Yeah. Um, so for me, I wanted, I'm a problem solver and that's, that's what I do. So I wanted to figure out, okay, so what is the mechanics? Why did I do what I did? Why, what caused my addiction? Um, what caused the destruction in my life and also mm-hmm. the people around me to understand the full effect of it? Because as I always tell the people, you know, when you're inside the bubble, you don't really see the damage that you're doing to yourself and the people around you. And that's the main focus of addiction. What people don't realize, and in a family where it, where you have an addict, it's, it's, I would even go as far as to say that the addict is not the, the worst affected. The family is affected worse than the addict. Mm. Um, and, and, and that's the main thing is, you know, the people around you that love you, that care about you. And obviously 
they want to help you and seeing you go into complete destruction annihilation um i can't think of anything worse you know and leaving those people in the wake of destruction obviously just seeking your self-worth and self-gratification and just focusing on yourself so i think for me um the dangers would be obviously um if someone had to tell me these things that i'm privy to tell the people today about 20 or 25 years old or, uh, or years ago i wouldn't have done what i did and like you were mentioning also it is always better to be preventative and curative and to be vigilant and if we can provide the people with the information now before it develops into a full full gun addiction mm. then at least we can we can we can make a difference yeah now uh, that that's a very very uh interesting stuff that you've said there it's a bit heavy um and uh, and and i think a, a a bit of a hard pill to swallow for those who are dealing with uh addiction the fact that addiction actually affects the people around you um and this is something that we often don't think about and consider when we pick up things that might send us down the path of addiction um i'm very curious anka in terms of just what you've seen and the spaces you've been at and the people you've worked with um of all this um digital media what would you say is the one thing you've seen um has people most addicted is it social media is it youtube um is it video content um or ha- have you or have you seen that gaming is one of the most um addictive and cuz i i ask that because i know that gaming is not something that's very easily as easily accessible um as all these other digital spaces cuz it's still quite expensive to even own uh, a device that can uh play these heavy games and obviously Eldred you you can correct me on that if maybe um I'm I'm saying it wrong uh but Anka what um of these digital platforms have you would you say is one of the most addictive even so I think maybe myself and Eldred we had this conversation before so Eldred would obviously say gaming addiction and yes gaming addiction is a massive problem but I think it's different for for boys and girls and I think it's different also for age groups. So you must remember and I don't think a lot of people understand this or know this but South Africa is the most internet addicted country in the world. And mm. we use the most data in the world. So we have a massive massive problem with regards to that. So what I have seen in the counseling room specifically is that I see with with girls and teenage girls social media is is a big is the biggest problem with them with um also I do see a lot of depression anxiety self-loathing self-hate really a very bad self-worth bad self-image way to the point um that of self-harming and also you know contemplating suicide i also see where their grades is dropping they are really in a bad space mentally with regards to a social media addiction mm. i do see with teen ages the boys uh, pornography a massive problem so for me personally i think the biggest problem is is pornography i think the harms and the dangers with regards to porn is massive and then with 
with regards to the younger generation, like the primary school, I think gaming is is huge. A lot of them are gaming and they are gaming a lot. So according to research that we can say now with safety and with surety that the average teenager is on the screen roughly about nine hours a day and then gaming is roughly about four to five hours a day and that's too much it's really really too much screen Mm. time even if it's good content like you've mentioned youtube and videos even if it's good content good videos um it's not about the content although better content is always better but it is the time in front of the screen that is doing the damage so the damage to the brain the damage to your eyes your posture everything everything it's really there's not a lot of good things that i can say about excessive screen time yeah yeah no i completely understand what you mean i mean even i myself um have noticed i've had um like just to put discipline on myself i have certain apps that i install on my phone to sort of restrict um this you know even if it's not an addiction but the habit in itself of just constantly picking up your phone and trying to get into an app and check something quickly next thing you know you've you're watching your 50th video <laughs> so yeah exactly so i try to restrict the the extent to which i do that uh now eldred i wanted you to speak a bit on how accessible is gaming in south africa like i know that now um gaming on mobile has become such a big thing and a lot of these um companies that are developing games are starting to move their games onto onto mobile but is it is it actually something that's accessible to the south african youth yes i think it's a very good point that you're raising there i think a lot of people um uh, are of the opinion that when you think about a gamer you're thinking about a 12 13 14 maybe 15 year old sitting in front of an Xbox or a PlayStation playing games. Um, that is not, not the situation at the moment. You know, if I, if I can just tell you about some of the statistics, um, about 50% of all games are being played on a mobile phone. Mm. So if you look at, yes, the distribution is basically 50% on mobile phones mm-hmm. and then console games is 30% browser PC games. Um, it's about 15% and about 20% is um, on downloadable PC games. So if you think about a distribution, then you're looking at 30% console games. That is, per definition, what you think of a gamer. That yes. will be your, your PlayStation, Xboxes. But 50% is mobile games. So, so, so what is happening here? You need to understand that if you have a product that mm-hmm. you really want to sell, and you want to control the market, it is really about the accessibility to this product. So, and that's why they moved over from console games to mobile um, platform. Because the thing is, you need to understand, people don't really understand the phones that they're holding in their hand. It has a CPU, a processing unit, similar to a computer, a PC. Yes. So you're basically carrying a PC in your pocket. So with the processing power that you have there, you're carrying a PC in your pocket, which basically means that you're carrying a a, a PC or, a, or, or a, um, a device that can play any kind of game at any point in time. Mm. So it's extremely accessible. 
And this is what they did with, for example, Call of Duty. Um, they're also doing it now with Fortnite. Fortnite used to be a console game, but it moved over now to mobile. Yes. So now what you're doing with the kids is they're playing the game maybe at night and then they can continue the same game, playing the same game maybe during, um, you know, break time at school. So now what you're doing is you're actually creating more accessibility to that addictive product and then obviously bringing in more kind of addictive strategies into the gaming, like, for example, your in-game purchases, microtransactions, you know, because while you're playing the game, your inhibition control is very low. So now when you're playing the game, obviously you want to buy certain things. You don't think twice, you buy it there. So now what they're actually doing is they're making the product very addictive, very accessible. Yeah. But not only that, they're also monetizing the addiction the best. So that is why we're looking at a gaming industry worth about $200 billion per year. Um, it is a massive, is, is massive industry. Is that just mobile alone? Yes, 